Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Well, the Hall of Fame name game as baseball going to enshrine two in Cooperstown coming up later this summer. Scott Rowland, Pride and Joy, Jasper High School, Jasper, Indiana, getting in. We already knew Fred McGriff was getting in. Part of the refurbished new look veterans committee slash panel, whatever you want to call it. So. Some guys on the outside looking in, yes, baseball's track record the last three years of putting guys in or the writers voting guys in, not good. Of course, there's snubs every year. This guy should have gotten in, this guy. Why next year? You could see as many as five guys get in. So we're going to look at that. Also, Rogers roll call. Aaron Rodgers open to reworking his deal. His deal's an albatross. It is. What he's got left in Green Bay two years, over $100 million. They owe him. Now, talk of that he could be going to an AFC team. If Aaron Rodgers were smart, which I think he is, best thing to do is stay put. We're going to tell you why. And also, fearsome foursome. Bruce Sherman. I'll admit, I didn't even know who he was. Owner of the Marlins. A rumor, or at least it was starting to spread, that they may be for sale. He came out and said, as long as he's alive, they'll never be for sale. Congratulations, Miami, on your no-winning Ever, as long as he's the owner. So I want to look at the other sports. Who's the Bruce Sermon of the other sports? This is ugly. So we're going to look at that as well. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Want to be a part of the program? Cool enough. You can send us your messages, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, by the way, at Harp on Sports, Twitter, at Harp on Sports, Instagram. Of course, follow, share, like, subscribe, Harp on Sports, the bar, the podcast. Available for you. Auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the bar, YouTube channel, and of course, harponsports.com. Let's start off with the Hall of Fame first. And new member, Scott Rowland going in. And I look, look, Scott Rowland looked at everything that he's able to do in his career. Dude was one of the top three third basemen of his generation. He was. A-Rod right up there. Scott Rowland was better defensively. And look, if you are a multiple gold glove winner at the hot corner, you're special. You talk and tack on a couple hundred home runs on top of that. Okay. Play for the Cardinals and the Phillies. Okay. That's what he did. That's what he did in his career. Now, to me, the Hall of Fame in baseball is one of the most debated, trickiest one that you have. You have old school writers and new school metrics and wins above replacement. And right whipping when it comes to pitchers and win loss win and loss wins and losses don't matter anymore but the barometer for hall of fame in baseball is a pitcher's what 3000 strikeouts 300 wins for hitters it's still 3000 hits and 500 home runs but you have a whole new generation those things don't matter oh, oh okay scott Rowland didn't have 3000 hits scott Rowland didn't hit 500 home runs scott Rowland won a good chunk of gold gloves at third base and that's why he's in when you have the perfect mix of hitting and defense, okay. Which leads to the tricky part. If Scott Rowland is in because of his defense and his hitting at third base and Andrew Jones isn't, 
Now, Andrew Jones, uh, again, I'm looking at the numbers, up 17% from where he was a year ago. Last year, Andrew Jones up 41%, this year at 58%. He's got a more a couple more cracks at this thing. This is why I said at the beginning, Fred McGriff's getting in because of the veterans, the other committee, the Hall of Fame committee. And so now is Scott Rowland. Okay, those two go in. Then you come to the next tier. Now, there's a guy up here that got less than 50% that I'm just shocked at. Now, you see guys start to skyrocket up this ballot by double-digit percentage points. Scott Rowland was up 13% from a year ago. Todd Helton, who I'm going to get to in a second, was up 20% from a year ago. Why? Because now the ballot's cleaned up at the top with the Clemenses and the Bonses and those guys off the list. Those guys are off the list now. The shillings, they're gone. So now you have some guys that only are voting for five, but 10% voted for 10 different guys. And the fact that Roland's in next year, Todd Helton's going to get in. I looked at Todd Helton's numbers, career 316 hitter, 316 home runs, 1400 RBI. Now he played in Colorado. I get it. That was a knock on him. But if that's the case, then nobody's ever getting in as a Rocky unless they're a pitcher and they win 300 games. So Todd Helton's going to get in. He went from 52% to 22%. Billy Wagner, 51% to 68%. Billy Wagner's going to get in next year. So I look at like Todd Helton getting in next year. Billy Wagner going to get in next year. I talked about Andrew Jones getting jobbed. And by the way, all I can say about Billy Wagner is that he had 422 saves. He's one of the top three or four closers during his era. Is that enough to put him over the top? I, I sometimes think people, you know, I don't sometimes think kickers and closers are kind of treated the same way. It's like, oh, he's just a closer. It's like, well, uh, all right. You know, when it comes to the end Major League Baseball postseason, closers are important. It's how you win playoff games, right, is your bullpen, more so than starting pitching nowadays. So I look back, you know, Billy Wagner with the Astros, what he was able to do at the end with the Braves, he'll get in next year. So Helton will get in next year. Wagner will get in next year. Andrew Jones is the one, to me, that always gets robbed. Andrew Jones hit 434 home runs and won 10 gold gloves. Here's a center fielder, over 400 home runs, 10 gold gloves. If Roland's going to get in because of his gold gloves and his home runs and his ability to play defense, Andrew Jones is the version of Scott Rowland in the outfield just better. Dude won 10 gold gloves in center field. Make a case for that alone. But then tack on 434 home runs. His career batting average is only 260. So, 10 gold gloves. So what? If we took two gold gloves away and added 20 points to his batting average and put him in? Eh. 10 gold gloves, 434 home runs. Andrew Jones should be in. He's not in, though. So, I, to me, will he get there next year? Again, Rolling up 13% in. Helton up 20%, not in. 17% for Wagner. Jones up 17% to 58%. So I don't know if he's going to get in. I said as many as five guys could get in. Andrew Jones would be the bottom of the guys that are currently on the ballot. Because there's two guys that I think coming up next year that I think you'd have to put in right away. But we'll see how this goes. So if you put Helton and Wagner in and Jones is on the bubble, the guy that got hosed this year to me is Carlos Beltran. How less than half of the baseball writers of America, Carlos Beltran... Won multiple gold gloves, hit 435 home runs, stole over 300 bases, and he's close to a 300 career hitter. So this dude, in his career, what, 1,600 RBI? Carlos Beltran hit 435 home runs. Dude stole over 300 bases. Those numbers. And then, just what's funny about this is Carlos Beltran's career numbers here is about what Barry Bonds had on his docket, on his resume, before he started to juice. Allegedly. Remember when everybody tells you Barry Bonds is going to be a Hall of Famer without steroids? His number, he was in before he started doing them. Well, Beltran has those numbers. Now, again, at 46%, history will tell us he'll be up in the mid-50s next year. It's going to take him a couple cracks, which is ridiculous. But good gracious. 
Helton, Wagner, again, Helton 72, Wagner 68, they'll both get in next year. To me, there's a guy that first time on the ballot next year, Adrian Beltre. Well, that dude's got almost 3,200 hits, 477 home runs. He's in. So now you have Helton, Wagner, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer was the preeminent catcher in baseball for a decade. He won multiple batting titles, multiple gold gloves, had over 2,000 hits, hit over 300 as a catcher. Dude hit over 300 as a catcher, over 2,000 hits, multiple gold gloves, multiple batting titles, three batting titles, three gold gloves. Catcher. Going to put Joe Maurer in? Not going to put Joe Maurer in? As many as five guys could get in next year. Now, I'd like to see six because I'd love to see Carlos Beltran in, but it's not going to happen. What's my what's my gut tell you? My gut tells me oh, at least three are getting in. Beltray, Wagner, and Helton are at least getting in. Then you have Andrew Jones, Joe Maurer. I, so baseball this year puts one in, the writers. Last year, would they put Ortiz? And then nobody the year before. So they go Ortiz a couple years ago, nobody. They got two guys in the last three years. The writers have voted two guys in the last three years. Next year, they may put four or five in. Again, uh, how Andrew Jones isn't in is just, just criminal. But he did go up 17%. So, you know, those the steroid era guys coming off the ballot, definitely going to help his cause. All right. So, I'd vote for them all. <laughs> Maurer, Adrian Beltre. And I'm not, look, it's down to Hall of Fame. These guys are all Hall of Fame credentialed. The one guy you could sit and make a case for would be Billy Wagner. Because of his era, right? I, would you put? Would I, I said he's the third. He's the third closer of his era, right there, he, right? Because you'd have to put who above him. Well, you had to put Mariano Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, then Billy. Right? Let's see how this goes. K Rod down there, you know, K Rod's close to Billy Wagner, and he get ten percent. But if there's any good news, Scott Rowland six at seventy six percent four years ago. Scott Rowland was at what twenty percent? So. These guys are all going to get in. Everybody that I mentioned here is going to get in. It's just a question of how they layer this out. All right, switching gears from that to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' roll call. Apparently, Packers would be willing to trade him to an AFC team. If you're Rodgers, do you really want to go to the AFC? Do you? Everybody keeps mentioning the Raiders. You're Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you can hook up with your old teammate. I get it. Devontae Adams is a stud. But you want to go out there and play in Vegas when you have Justin Herbert up the road? With the Chargers, and you have Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers could go to Vegas. They could have a better year than they did. He could have a better year than he did this year. And they still finished fourth in that division. Other places that he keeps getting mentioned. What other places I see he's getting mentioned? The Jets. Oh, okay, you put him on that Jets team. It's a young team. It's New York. Okay, the swagger that comes with that. The Patriots have question marks. The Dolphins with Tua, question mark. The Bills. The Bills lost to the Bengals. Everybody's out on the Bills. Oh, the Bills. The Bills. Oh, my gosh. I'm done with the Bills. The Bills lost in the division round last year, too, to the Chiefs. Lost to the Chiefs back-to-back postseasons. This year, they lose to the Bengals. It's tough to get there. So, if Burrow beats Mahomes, is Mahomes now done? Guys, come on. Bills will be back. Look, they're, they were one step away. A month ago, they looked to be the best team in the AFC. Vaughn Miller gets hurt, and it's it. Sometimes that happens. Now, Josh Allen's got to cut down on the turnovers. They need to give him some more help running the ball. Maybe, you know, I talk about Michael Mayer all the time. That'd be a great place for him, too. But they're going to pick a little bit late in the draft to pull that off. But the Bills need to do some work in free agency and retool this roster just a tiny bit. But plus what they were going through at the end, I'm not out on the Bills. But with Aaron Rodgers... Okay, so if you put him with the Jets, you got to deal with the Bills. And look, if two is healthy in Miami, that team was one of the top two or three teams in the AFC until he started getting banged up. They were. Um, 
You know, I, the Ravens, if they trade Lamar, but that team's built more around Lamar. But if he goes to the Ravens, now you got to deal with the Bengals. And the other, the, the place, if he's going to go to the AFC, that's the best fit for him is the Titans. The Titans were still one Josh Dobbs turnover away late in the game from beating the Jaguars. Now, the Jaguars are going to be good again next year. They're, they're over the cap by $13 million. But you put Aaron Rodgers on the Titans with Derrick Henry where he doesn't have to throw the ball as much as he had to throw it, and he becomes much more of an efficient quarterback than only has to throw the ball 30 times a game. Now, you can convince a receiver to come there, but I'll give you a great example. You know Evan Ingram plays for the Jaguars? If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Titans, you talk to Evan and go, we'll give you a three-year, $30 million deal to come here to the Titans. Now, all of a sudden, you got Evan Ingram. You've got the big man in the backfield. Just think, I'm trying to think about how this offense, you have Derrick Henry in the backfield, Aaron Rodgers. If he's going to go anywhere in the AFC, the best place for him is the Titans. Now, does Aaron Rodgers want to play? I know he likes country music, but does he want to play in Nashville? Don't know. And I mentioned Tua with the Dolphins. Would Aaron Rodgers want to go play in Miami? But if you go play in Miami, you still got to deal with the Bills. Now, look, if he plays... Look, the Vikings had a good year this year, and the division that he's going to, if he stays with Green Bay and Green Bay adds some weapons, they could turn that around in a hurry. They could. Now they're going to have to get some help. They had a down year. They got to retool some things. But I mean, look around. Look around at just, I mean, the teams that made the playoffs this year. Look where the Jaguars were a year ago. Look where they were just this past week. You can do it if you find the right pieces. So, you know, what do I think is going to happen? I think Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. And to me, the guy that's going to be the prize jewel of this draft offensively that can have the biggest impact as a rookie is going to be Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Just because tight ends in this league, his ability to block, his ability to catch the ball, finding seams, he's going to have to learn a couple routes. But if you can be one of the best tight ends in college football without, with Notre Dame, they have to start three different quarterbacks this year. Imagine what you can do with a good league, Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame, QB. See what they do. But this Rodgers stuff. I just don't see him going anywhere. But again, if he goes to the Jets, he's got to deal with the Bills. If he goes to the Raiders, he's got to deal with the Chiefs and the Chargers. If he goes to the Ravens, which I don't think he'd have to deal with the Bengals. And the only reason you go to the Ravens is if Lamar left, which would free up another spot here. Um, the Titans in the AFC is the best place for him. It is. Kind of like with Tom Brady. He's not going to end up in the Titans, but Tom Brady's got to go to a place where he can't throw the ball 50 times a game. And that's what everybody goes, oh, he's going to go to the Dolphins. You know, throw the ball 30, 40. We're going to be back chucking it all over the field again. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, wanted to wrap with this. <laughs> funny. I didn't know who even owned the Miami Marlins until I saw this story. There was a report that the Marlins were going to be for sale. And Bruce Sherman, the owner, came out and said, they're not for sale. As long as he's alive, they'll never be sold. Great. You bought them from the Laurie family, what, five years ago? <sighs> yeah. Hired Derek Jeter, promised him a bunch of stuff, and then didn't do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I... Okay, here we go. Bruce Sherman. And it started to get me to think, it's like, boy, could you imagine? I feel bad for Mar uh, Marlins fans. I feel bad for you. You know, hope. None. None. So I rank my four most helpless ownership groups in the NFL. Where, or not the NFL, sorry. The four most helpless ownership situations in the four major pro sports. And I was sitting there thinking, what would be worse than being a Marlins fan? In baseball, there's nothing. There's nothing worse than being a Marlins fan in baseball. Your stadium looks like a zit. And <laughs> they have to completely take down the whole upper deck because nobody sits up there. Um, the, I like the change from the Florida Marlins to the Miami Marlins, but I think you may need to go back. I just, I get it. I mean, it would be a great place to sell it and somebody could come in there and really make it cool and awesome. And yeah, that's why I'm a big fan for massive baseball expansion, adding a boatload of new teams 
and say to me, oh, we don't have enough pitching for that all postseason is starters for two innings in the bullpen anyway. So stop on that. We have enough pitching. Don't you love offense? Love, love home runs? Well, the worst pitching, the more home runs you're going to get. So there you go. But I'd love to see a team in Cuba that would make the Marlins imme- immediately relevant. But okay, that's a decade away. Maybe. But what a disaster. What a disaster. There's some other places in baseball that it's not good, like Pittsburgh's not good, Kansas City's not good situation, but the Marlins are just helpless. Um, to me, the one that's a joke is Arizona, the Coyotes in hockey. I mean, they're playing at Arizona State for crying out loud. They're not even playing in what – what are the Coyotes, like 6,000 fans a game maybe? Come on. How the NHL allows this to happen is ridiculous. How the NHL allows, and I know they're a top 10 media market. I know why they're still there. I know why they're there for nothing more than market share. Nothing. It's not exactly the same, but the Arizona Coyotes being allowed to stay in Phoenix or in the air, Tampa, is is it's very similar to why Rutgers is in the Big Ten. It's for the New York market. It's for the Phoenix market. Because the wise thing to do, and look, there's a way to do this and, and to capitalize on this. If I were the NHL, I'd move the Arizona Coyotes to Houston. And if he's Houston, what the top ten market, six market, number six market, and it's bigger than Phoenix. Do they support him? Of course they can. Of course they could. Now, if you want to say that's not, we don't want any other hockey teams in the South. Milwaukee could use one. Tell me, Milwaukee couldn't use a hockey team. But Phoenix and hockey. So again, Bruce Sherman of the Marlins is never going to sell the team. Should make you feel really good about these. 67 and 95 finishes coming up the next five years. The Coyotes are the worst ownership situation in hockey. Uh, in the NFL, it's the Commanders with Dan Snyder. Now, it looks like we could be find, finally getting to an end, but the stadium is falling apart even though it was built in the 90s. The NFL is not going to help him out until he's gone. He's been a disaster. All Everything that happens internally. And I was trying to think of this. When's the last time Washington had a Pro Bowl quarterback? When's the last time Washington had a quarterback to go to the Pro Bowl? I can't think of one. I know Kirk Cousins had some good years. Was he a pro bowler in Washington? I can't remember. I know. I know. Just can't figure it out. Um, and the the word and I the NBA was the one that was kind of tricky. Because, you know, we point to the Kings, but the Kings ownership group's actually done a nice job with their arena and, and done a nice job rebuilding that thing. The Timberwolves have been sold, so okay. I mean, they had a nice run last year. To me, the worst, you ready for this? You know what the worst team in the NBA ownership group-wise is? It's the Charlotte Hornets with Michael Jordan. It is, isn't it? Isn't the Charlotte Hornets in the NBA the... you think a guy like Michael Jordan would be able to attract talent there, but nobody wants to go there. They don't. No big names want to go there. And teams have gotten together. Big threes have gotten together. People have coalesced. In other situations, look at what they've done down in New Orleans. Now it helps when you have Zion, you get that pick. But the Knicks in the middle, what they've been able to to put together via the draft. Look what the Pacers have done now. Halliburton's hurt. But look what the Pacers have done with fire sale, rebuilding that situation. In the middle of the pack, maybe a playoff team. The Hornets are helpless. When Michael Jordan is the owner of your team, and Cleveland and Indianapolis and the Pelicans are more attractive to you if you're a player, Four worst ownership situations in professional sports. The Marlins, the Coyotes in hockey. Each sport. Marlins in baseball, Coyotes in hockey. The Hornets in the NBA, and of course, the Commanders in the NFL. There you go. Again, Harpon Sports, the bar podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram. 
Harp on Sports, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports, Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. We'll have our AFC and NFC uh, predictions coming up Friday as we get you into the weekend. What do you think is going to go to the Super Bowl? Just a little storylines and things we're looking at. So there you go. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, both your friends.